So tell me that number. Let's start with that number that the commission of jurors told you. So the commissioner of jurors told me that 1,000 people from St. Lawrence County have been summoned for jury duty. 1,000. 1,000. And that's four times as many as usual. Usually she said that they only summons about 250 for a trial. But And why would they have to summons four times the number of people that they usually do for this trial? She mentioned that it was two key factors. One is the expected duration of the trial. Six to eight weeks is anticipated um, in this in this case. And then she also mentioned the high high publicity factor um, in the trial. That it couldn't like knock out a bunch of pe- bunch of jurors who you know may not be able to fulfill their job as jurors. Right. Exactly. And and it's not just you know a matter of have people heard about you know, the murder and the ongoing investigation. But it's really about whether or not people are able to set aside anything that they already have sort of swirling around in their brains and only consider, you know, the evidence that's put forth in in the courtroom. And not everybody will be able to do that. So this morning you hit publish on a story about the jury selection for the Nick Hillary trial. Yes, sir. Yes, I did. Hi, I'm David Summerstein. And I'm Britt Hansen. And this is Day by Day, the Nick Hillary podcast. We are just keeping you informed on what's going on day by day with the trial of uh, Nick Hillary, um, who is charged with uh, second degree murder for Garrett Phillips' death uh, in 2011 in Potsdam. It's Friday. It's even before the trial has begun. And... Uh, this trial starts officially on Tuesday with jury processing. And Britt, you have done an article about uh, and looked into the jury selection process and given us a sort of explainer. Yes. And let me ask you, people can go there and read it right now at uh, ncpr.org. But tell us, like, what was sort of like a surprising thing that you learned? Well, one of the things is how big the jury pool is. Uh, a thousand folks have been called But also, um, I talked to three attorneys um, from across the state and a guy in D.C. too. And the thing that was the most interesting to me was really our sort of conversation back and forth about the role that the media plays Hmm. uh, ahead of a trial. And these are three attorneys who have nothing to do with this case and who have nothing really to do with St. Lawrence County. even. Right. You know, the most that they have any information really about this is, is sort of through our reporting and just conversations beforehand. So, you know, they haven't been involved in, in the investigations or trial in any way. So do they think it's bad for the media to be reporting on this case before it goes to trial? I don't know if they would say it's bad, but it does definitely pose a real challenge for prosecutors and defense attorneys. You know, there is a right to the public to know what's happening in the courts. Courts are public. Um, You can be in the courtroom as a member of the public. But at the same time, that's not their, you know, these guys said mostly that's not even their highest value. Their highest obligation is to their clients. And media coverage can really complicate uh, an ability to have a fair and impartial jury. You know, folks 
who want to be informed read the newspaper, listen to the radio, watch the television. And so all of that, those ideas that come up before a trial have to be set aside in order for someone to be able to serve on the jury. And in fact, like once the jury is selected, the members of the jury are not allowed to research the case. They're not allowed to Google. They're not allowed to go back through our coverage or anybody's coverage. No, they they really have to work hard to only consider what's put forth in the court. So, you know, can't read the Times, can't be looking on Facebook because maybe their friends are talking about the trial as it happens. No searching the Hillary trial hashtag on Twitter, you know, no listening to the morning newscast on NCPR, just really staying away from any coverage that's happening throughout the trial. And especially considering um, that this trial could last, you know, a month, six weeks, eight weeks. It's a huge um, burden on these 12 people. Oh, totally. I mean, we're so, we're so plugged in these days. It, it, people will have to actively make sure that they're not consuming information about the case or anything beforehand. Um, and the same thing, you know, in, in talking with friends and family, hanging out and getting a drink at happy hour, they just can't be talking about the trial at all, not even with each other until deliberations start. Okay, and the deliberations are going to start after the jury selection process, which starts next week. Um, it's Friday, September 2nd right now, and we will have, uh, you know, regular stuff for you once the trial starts. Um, also, Britt was just working on the graphic, a new graphic for our uh, podcast. Boom, things are rapidly changing around here. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're getting up to speed on, uh, on our podcast. So if you haven't subscribed, if you're listening to this on, um, you know, on the website, ncpr.org, subscribe now and then you'll sort of automatically get updates as we get them. Uh, I'll be in the courtroom next week. Britt will be in the courtroom. Lauren Rosenthal, uh, Martha Foley may swing by from time to time. And, you know, we'll just have sort of day by day updates for you. Exactly. Hence the day by day name. So clever. Okay. So uh, subscribe in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can also check it out at ncpr.org on our website. And you'll hear more from us soon. Thank you very much, Brett. Thank you, David. Thanks, everybody, for listening.